Gosh, we've made it to session three. Fantastic. Hey, who's loving their little bees? Look, I just love my little bee. And every time I look at it, Annie, I'm going to just think fruitful. What a challenge, fruitful. And that's what the, the cry of my heart is, that my life would be fruitful for his kingdom. And um, that is just such a perfect reminder. And I think all of our Adelaide ladies are going to be jealous, Jan, aren't they, when they see these? So we might have to find out where you got these from, Annie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, isn't that an incredible truth that we're chosen? You know, that song, the words in that song is incredible, that God, the creator of the heaven and earth, chose you and chose me. Incredible, amazing. Well, tonight I just would like to um, just share my story. And it's a story of brokenness, but it's also a story of God's amazing grace and his faithfulness to my life. And um, I was one of six. I'm the second eldest. I've got two sisters, three brothers. And um, we grew up in a very noisy house with all of the us kids. And uh, my dad was an orphan in an orphanage and he wanted a big family and he got a big family and he got a noisy family, but it was fantastic. And so I'm actually a single mum and I've got two boys. Jordan's 23, Timothy is 19. And um, I've been a single mum probably for about 15 years now. So it's been a little while. So I, I go to Rise Church with Jan in, in Adelaide and I'm part of the team there, just starting this week on staff, like I said, as People's Pastor, which is really exciting, and just involved in sort of different aspects of the church and have loved it. And, you know, have you ever sort of got to a point in your life and asked, how did I actually get here? Has that ever happened sometimes? You look and the circumstances happen and you think, my goodness, how did I ever get here? This was not the plan, God. This was not the plan, and so, you know, I grew up in a wonderful, loving family and my parents gave their hearts to Jesus when I was <clears throat> probably um, about six or seven. And so I grew up in a Christian home and my dad was a pastor and he pastored around different places. First pastor, it was up in Cairns actually. And um, yeah, so I just grew up always being involved in church life, loving Jesus. And when I was nine years of age, we had a Christmas Eve service. And there was a special speaker that was there, a children's speaker. And he talked about Jesus and I can't remember the whole message. But at the end of it, he gave opportunity for people or children to give their lives to Jesus. And I was nine, yet I knew that night that I wanted to give my heart to Jesus. And I did. I responded. They prayed for me. And from that point was when I knew that Jesus was a part of my life and I had actually become a Christian. And even as a child, I experienced his love and forgiveness and I will never forget that night. And Christmas Eve is very special to me as it's a, a birthday, I suppose you could say, from when I gave my heart to Jesus. And so all through my teenage years, always involved in church, whether it was kids ministry, whether it was youth, whether it was Royal Rangers. Anyone heard of Royal Rangers back in the day? That's going back, isn't it? <clears throat> and so always had the opportunity and, and just served because of not because I had to, but it was something that I've always really wanted to do. And some of my closest friendships have been serving alongside people in church life. And the, one of the ways, the best ways to be connected is to actually serve and be part of a, an area in the life of your local church, particularly this church. And I found some of the greatest friends and, and greatest experiences of my life have been serving alongside others. And so I'd encourage you, if you're not involved, find an area that you can be involved in. 
because it connects you in and it actually you can start to outwork the gifts and the, the, the call that God has on your life. You know, and so after I finished school, I went and worked for a conveyancer. Does everyone know who, what a conveyancer is? Yeah, a land broker. It used to be back in the day when I, I was, did my training. And um, <clears throat> so I was working as a conveyancer and, and trained and I was doing youth full-time, working full-time and studying as well. So it was a busy time back in the day. But anyway, I got through that. And then I was asked to go as full-time youth pastor at a church which is now called Life Church in Ningle Farm. Was called Shiloh, then World Harvest, now Life Church, and we had some amazing experiences there. And and we ran a drop-in centre, and we had kids from the area come in, and we'd have um, 130, 140 kids on Friday nights come to that drop-in centre, and it was a, an amazing time and an incredible experience. And it was such a privilege to be a part of that. So I love God, love serving, and but I was probably about 25, I reckon, and I still hadn't met Mr. Wright, and. <laughs> And I, I thought, you know, God, other people are getting married, meeting people, but I haven't really met anybody. And um, it was fun. And then about 12 months later, um, a guy came to the church and just started attending our church. And um, I got to know him and um, we ended up getting engaged and then we got married. Now, he had also felt called to ministry and he um, had felt that God had called him to go to Bible college. And so... Partway through, while we were engaged, he went to Katoomba uh, to the Bible College, the, the National Bible College that the Assemblies of God, as it was called back in the day, that's what they used to run. So halfway through his course, we ended up getting married, which was great. I moved to Katoomba, which was freezing, but scenery was beautiful, and spent 18 months there while he finished college. And then after that, um, you think, okay, God, what's next? And we had a different opportunities to be assist in churches, be youth pastors in churches, but we didn't feel that was what God was wanting us to do and so we are just waiting. And then an opportunity came for us to plant a church up in Brisbane, in the northern suburbs of Brisbane. So there was a parent church up there. They asked for a young couple, is anybody there that would be interested? We were. We went up and had a look and just felt that that was what God really wanted us to do and we felt a real confirmation in that. And so when... Um, He'd finished college, we moved to Brisbane, um, we, we attended the church, the parent church there, and then we started at the new church in about six months after that, which was exciting times. You know, starting a brand new church, you just don't even know who's going to turn up on the first Sunday you open the doors. It's quite, you could either get no one or lots of people. And uh, we, I think we had about 60 people come the first Sunday, which was exciting. And then um, a lot of our friends and, and were visitors as well. So about went back to about 30 after that. And from there, we started to build a church. And they were exciting days. And I loved it. We um, saw lots of people come to know Jesus. It was a very much a community-based church. We had things like um, community Christmas Day lunches on Christmas Day itself. We had lots of people from the community that didn't have family from all walks of life would come to our Christmas lunches and people got saved and it was exciting times and then not long after we'd started the church probably two years in we had our first child uh, Jordan who's now 23 and he was the most beautiful boy that you could ever imagine that was ever born on planet earth even though he gave me a very very difficult time <laughs> getting but but you know I, was so, I said you know here we are we had this beautiful little boy and then about two years, nine months later, another little boy came along, Timothy. And so I had these two boys 
running an amazing church, had an incredible team, wonderful husband, and life was great. Busy, 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 but life was great. And then probably after about 10 years of marriage, things weren't right. And it was like it was a very, very difficult time. I sort of felt like my husband had withdrawn from me and I just couldn't pinpoint what was happening. And, you know, we're running the church, I was busy, I had little boys, and just there just seemed to be something not right in our marriage. And the more that I would try and talk about it, I'd, it would just seem to be sort of shut down and we went to counselling and different things and I thought, this, this can't be right, God, we're Christians, what's going on, we're pastors for goodness sake, what, you know, and no matter what we tried, it, we just didn't seem to be able to make that connection. And I was so feeling sick in my stomach. I didn't really know what was happening. I was um, just getting really, really um, stressed about the whole situation, thinking, you know, what? oh, God, what is really going on here? And um, what actually happened, things were quite strained for quite a number of months. And, and I was praying, going, God, you know, please, what, please show me what's going on. We just need to sort this out because this, this isn't right. And inside my heart was breaking, going, God, there's something really fragile here, but God, we need you. I believe you're a, you're a healing God. You can restore marriages. And I remember we, it was in August, and we'd been out um, to visit a family and for breakfast, and the boys and my husband and I. And we came home, I dropped them home, and I went to do some grocery shopping. And when I came home, I had the boys who were probably six around seven and four probably at the time and they came running out to me crying and they said oh daddy's leaving and I said no no what, what do you mean boys and 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 then he says oh no daddy daddy's going to go and live with Annie Shell." and I thought this is really strange I knew things weren't good but I wasn't sure what was going on and I thought gosh the fact he's talking to the boys before he's even spoken to me about it that's a real real concern Anyway, I went into the house and I said, what's going on? He says, oh, Lindy, we need to talk. And I remember we sat down in the family room and he said, look, you know, our marriage is just not working. I'm just not happy. I haven't been happy for a long time and uh, I just don't love you anymore. And the words he said, I've prayed and asked God to help me to love you, but I just can't and he hasn't helped me, so I just don't love you anymore. Well, my heart just broke into a million pieces. I just, I, I sat there going, I know we've been going through a bit of a rough time, but I, and because I still really loved him and I couldn't understand what had happened for something like it to get to that point. And so in August, he moved out and went to live with his sister. And I was just devastated and I thought, okay, God, I know that you can restore this marriage. And so I just would pray and try to reach out and do what I needed to do. And I'm not saying that all of the blame on this broken marriage is his. I need to take ownership of anything that I might have done that may have caused it in any way. But it was August and he left. And so over the next few months it was so difficult. And I remember he, Jordan played soccer and he would come and watch the boys play soccer. And then he would take the boys and I would be left there. And he'd take the boys off because that was his time with the boys. He'd come and pick up the boys and then I'd just be home. And anybody that's been through a broken marriage, um, understand how difficult it is when you see your boys go off and your family, what, what was a family unit, unit is just broken into pieces. 
But I still didn't understand what the issue was or what the problem was in our marriage. And so that was August. Then about October, um, what ended up happening was he was actually um, having an affair with two different women at the time. And what had actually happened was these two women had found out about each other. And I still had no idea what was going on. And they basically had told someone and, said, and they'd said, if you don't tell Lindy the truth, then we will tell her what has been going on. And I remember him coming over and then he, he sort of took a while to get it out. But then he told me that he had been having an affair for 18 months and that he was caught up in this affair and he didn't know what to do. And it was just the most devastating time of my life. And I just, I just, I remember hearing the news, just not believing it. And um, the emotional pain that you feel, and if anybody's experienced it, could probably relate, is just beyond words. And, you know, I was a Christian and marriage and the vows and everything was so important and sacred to me. And I couldn't understand that somebody could break those vows. And the sense of betrayal at that time was just so much that I, I, I just didn't know how I was going to cope with it or handle it. And then I looked at these two little innocent boys thinking, you know, it doesn't just affect me, but it also affects these beautiful little boys as well. And so it was incredible, though, that even though my heart was breaking, even though my husband had left, I knew that my God had never left me. And that decision that I had made as a nine-year-old child to invite Jesus into my life was just as important then at this particular time as it was back then because Jesus had never left and I had experienced the love and the faithfulness of God in many 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 situations over the years and all of a sudden I came to the situation where my marriage had fallen apart my heart was broken and some days I just didn't even know if I could get out of bed because of the pain and just the grief that I was going through at the time. But I had these beautiful little boys that were always hungry and needed to be fed and a house that needed to be cleaned. And it was so devastating because, as you know, we were the pastors of a church. And so we had these beautiful, and probably one of the most heartbreaking things, we had these beautiful, precious people that, had followed the vision that God had laid on our heart and we planted this church and they were a part of it. And so the effect that it also had on people in the church was really, really heartbreaking. And every time that they would see the boys and I, their heart would break and they had a lot to deal with that they had to work through themselves because of the situation. So I felt at that time that it was important that the boys and I, we decided to move to Adelaide. And when, the, when he actually had told me what had happened... You know, I thought, okay, God, I don't know if I can do this, but Lord, the incredible forgiveness that you have given me on the cross when you died for me, that forgiveness, now I need to be able to forgive this person that has done this. And it was very real, and I didn't know if I could do it, and I knew I couldn't do it in my own strength, but I knew with God's help I would have to start to walk down that road of forgiveness. And it was quite a confronting moment for me to say, Lindy, he doesn't deserve it and all the natural things that you want to say. But you know what? I never deserved the forgiveness of Jesus either. And so it started down a, a road and 
So when the news came out, he said initially, we had our senior pastors there when all of that news broke and Michael told me what had been going on. Um, and he said at the first point that he wanted to try and work on the marriage. But, and I said, well, look, I'm willing to try, but it's going to take some time to process what's going on. And so but within three weeks, he decided that he didn't want to try. And I don't think he ever wanted to really. And he decided to, that he wanted to go and make a new life with somebody else, with one of, one of the women. And so I decided that I needed a time of healing and restoration. So I moved to Adelaide with the boys. And so I moved back to Adelaide. And then all of a sudden, I had to find a job. We had to find a house. We had to find a doctor. All those things that when your world has been taken and turned upside down. I'd lost a husband. Our family had been turned upside down. We'd moved states. We'd lost our house. We'd lost our church. And it was just a very, very, very dark time to go through. But, you know, when I moved back to Adelaide and um, everything that we needed to face and to deal with, my God was there. And I can say today that if you're going through a difficult time or if your life has been turned upside down, even if it's not through a marriage issue, it may be health, it may be financial, there may be other reasons and everybody has their own journey and goes through their own difficult and hard times. But I can tell you that God can be with you and wants to be with you every step of the way and he is faithful. And I saw his love, I saw his provision I saw his faithfulness, not just to me, but also to my boys. Because my heart was broken and they would cry at night, Daddy, Daddy, we want Daddy, we want Daddy. And my heart would break because Daddy wasn't there anymore and there was nothing I can do. And as a mum, you want to fix everything, but you can't. And so those little boys had a journey that they had to go on as well. And, you know, as I look back and I, I realised that I was broken... And I realised that I really needed God to come and to heal me. And I remember praying, God, Lord, I need you to heal me a bit. I need you to do a thorough work. I don't want to carry all of this hurt and pain into uh, my future. And it was a long process. I'm not saying that that happened overnight. But God, in his grace, started to bring his healing power. And I remember being in church. And it was really interesting. I just knew that I needed to have my boys in church. I knew that I needed to be in the presence of God. And I really believe the local church family is there for us to encourage and support one another. And I remember being in the worship, just like the beautiful worship tonight. It's so beautiful, Ruth. I remember my, my sister had just had a little baby girl, Madeline. And every service I would hold her... And when the worship would happen, she would snuggle in and fell asleep. Week after week after week, she would fall asleep and she would just snuggle into me and I would just be crying, just tears streaming down my face during the worship because I was broken and I just needed the healing presence of God. And during the worship, God was doing a healing work and having the comfort of little Maddie as I was cuddling her was just feeling that sense and that presence of God and that, that human touch to a degree. It was just such a... I look back now and see it as such a precious, precious time. You know, and I think that um, I had to realise that, that, that I needed healing, that I, I needed help, that I needed support and I had a wonderful um, family. I had friends that really helped and supported me. 
And I think sometimes what we tend to do when we're in a lot of pain, we tend to try and withdraw and we isolate ourselves. But I want to tell you tonight, that is the worst thing that we can do. When you're in pain and when you're hurting, there are times when you do need that time to yourself, but there are times when you need to make sure you're not isolating yourself from others and from the body of Christ that can actually help you. And if you're going through a difficult situation, I would just really encourage you, don't isolate yourself, particularly from God, but also from your church family where you need to be. And so I've experienced God's love and his faithfulness in so many, so many incredible ways. But you know what? I, um, I knew that God, I needed God to come and do a real work in me. And that's when I really developed even more so my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you've gone through a difficult time or you're broken or you're hurting, develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit because you know what? The Holy Spirit, he came as my comforter. He came as my teacher. He came and he revealed truth to me. He came and he convicted me of sin as well. He came and he helped me in my weakness. And my prayer is that God will do the same for you. And as you ask the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is so gentle, and I just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, just come and bring the healing and the wholeness that only you can do in my life. And I found the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the precious times. And I think back to the times of worship and just my prayer life and even in desperation and in brokenness, how God would meet me every single time. And every time I would get up that little bit stronger as a, as a result of being in God's presence. And so with everything that happened, there are areas that I really needed to allow God to work on, you know, particularly the area of forgiveness. And there were some days when I say, God, I really forgive and I make that choice to forgive. And then something would happen and, oh, my gosh, things would start to rise again. I'd realise, God, you've still got a lot to do in the area of forgiveness in my life. But I knew that I had to allow the Holy Spirit to do that. You know, I was suffering from incredible grief. The loss of my marriage, my husband the loss of um, the church family that I love, just like you guys here, that the, the loss of friendships and things, everything changed as a result of what happened to a degree. And I also had to really ask God to come and to take the grief and deal with the grief in my life. Also, the incredible feelings of rejection because when your husband does that, the, you, you feel so reject, rejected and betrayed that all of a sudden you think, what is wrong with me? Why would he need to go and do that with somebody else? And so my self-esteem, my confidence, it was like a shell, a broken shell at that time. And I needed, and the only person that could really help me was God. And, and the Holy Spirit would come. And I also had to pray that God would keep my heart soft because it was so easy to get hard and get resentful was so easy to be so angry and the injustice of everything. And, you know, I, I still had my rants at times. I'm not saying that I didn't. But I knew that it was so important that I kept my heart soft because I didn't want to have to deal with a hardness of heart. I didn't want that to come in between my relationship with God. I had to deal with wrong attitudes, you know, the attitudes that you have sometimes, you know. And um, there's so many things... And I couldn't do it on my own. Yet the Holy Spirit would come and would help me. 
and those daily dealings that I was talking about, something would, you know, I'd be praying and, Lindy, your attitude's not right. And I remember, you know, the communication, we, I would have to communicate with my ex-husband about the boys and the children and the boys were only little and they used to have to get on a plane and fly to Queensland because that's where he lived. And so they were unaccompanied minors and I remember when they were so little I'd have to give them into the hands of an air hostess and they were so wonderful with them but as a mum my heart would break every time I'd have to put them on a plane for them to go to Queensland. Then I'd ring them and talk to them and there was like this happy family thing happening up in Queensland and I was so isolated from it. And there's so many things that you have to face and you have to deal with when your marriage breaks down and the the effect that it had on my boys. And it was probably a few years later that the, the boys actually, Jordan said to me that he thought that it was his fault. I said, why did you think it was your fault? It's not your fault. Mum, we must have been too noisy because if, if we weren't so loud and noisy, Dad wouldn't have left. He would have stayed. But we were so noisy, we think we must have given him a headache. That's why he left. And this is what these little kids were carrying, which was so wrong. But, you know, and, I, and I'm here today to tell you that tonight that I'm far from perfect. Yet I've got a perfect God and a faithful God that has been at work in my life and I've seen his faithfulness, his healing, his forgiveness in my life. God's been able to help me to forgive the people that have been involved in this. God has been able to um, help my boys come through some things and Jordan is involved with youth work and so is Timothy and they have their own relationship with God. They still have their struggles with their dad at times and that's an ongoing thing. He loves the boys and I've always tried to, to, to make it that this issue is between their dad and me. It's not their issue, that's their dad and, and it's important that they have a dad and that they have a dad that loves them and cares for them because he really does love the boys and has always loved the boys in his own way. Some of the things that God has shown me through this journey that I just wanted to share that hopefully may be able to help you tonight if you're going through a similar situation or you know somebody that may have gone through this. The most important thing you do, can do is just stay close to Jesus. That even though my heart was broken, I never once felt that God had left me. I never felt that it was God's fault. And I remember my old boss said, Lindy, how can you still serve a God that let that happen to you? And I said, you know, God would have done anything to stop that happening for me. But because he's given us all free will, other people's choices and actions can sometimes affect our lives, but that's not God's fault. That's somebody else's free will and choice. Like I've said before, don't isolate yourself. Make sure that you stay in fellowship. And also I think when you've got children, and this is really important to me, I felt that they were going through enough emotional trauma that they didn't need me to be speaking negatively about their dad. They didn't need to carry the weight of all of my issues, which I know some parents, they talk, they talk a lot negatively about the other person, but I'd encourage you as much as you can to not put that weight on your kids because that's not fair and they're not, their shoulders aren't broad enough to carry that sort of weight. That's not the weight that your kids need to be able to carry. So just be really careful with that. Like I've said, keep your heart soft, you know, and develop a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The other thing I found that, you know, God is my source. Often we look to other people to supply our needs. 
But when I realise that, you know, he's my heavenly father, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, my God is my source and my provider. He does use people to help provide and care for us. But when you look to God and when you have a need and you realise and understand that God is your source, that is incredible revelation when you understand that he is there and he will help you provide for you in every area of your life, whatever your need may be. I also believe that sometimes we need to get professional help and I needed to go to a counsellor and work through a lot of stuff and that was so helpful. But you know what? A year or so later, a year actually just a year ago, there were some areas that I was still struggling with and I didn't feel like I'd had breakthrough in. And so I went and saw a Christian psychologist, three visits. They're not cheap, but it was worth every cent I paid. And it was just to help me unlock something that I needed to unlock that I couldn't work through myself. And God used that man to help. So I would really encourage you if you need to do that. I think it's so important to find an area where you can serve God. And sometimes it's hard if you're working, you're a single mum, you've got little children. But you know, there's always some area that you can serve. And when your focus is off yourself and onto others, it's incredible how God can use you. I've been helping in kids' areas and where there's another mum that's had something very similar happen and I've been able to um, share my story and encourage them. Or sometimes it it could be anywhere, but I just would encourage you to, to help so that you can actually take your eyes off your own situation for a change and help somebody else so important Jan brought this out today too that we need to really cultivate healthy relationships you need to have friends that will actually speak the truth to you in love sometimes we have friends that will tell us what we want to hear but that's not always what we need and sometimes we need to have friends that we can trust that can actually speak the truth to love in us as well and we talked about making those little choices every day and I think even when you go through a pain or grief or loss We still have a choice how we're going to react and respond to certain situations. And it's those little choices that make such a difference as well. And another thing is, Pauline was saying, we need to be kind to others, but we also need to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes we need to just say, it's okay if the house isn't spotless today. It's okay I'm a bit tired and I need to have an afternoon nap. It's okay if the kids have McDonald's tonight and not a home-cooked meal, you know. And I had to really work through that because I didn't realise that I had pride. Like, I, well, I'm, yeah, I probably did. But I, it, I had this stigma attached to being a single mum and I, I wanted to make sure that I was coping, that my kids were spotless, my house was spotless and I had everything in control. And I realised it was actually a pride thing and it was actually destroying me because I was exhausted and worn out and doing things that I didn't really need to do. We need to be kind to ourselves. And just in closing, there's just a scripture that I was given by my Christian counsellor before I even left Brisbane. And it's a scripture that I have hung on to that has helped me and I just pray that it may be of help to you tonight. And it's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. And it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. And that was something because I was going through this time of suffering. (coughs) And then I got this beautiful scripture and it says, And after you have suffered a little while, I thought, Oh, it's not going to be forever, God, you know? Um,
So I knew that there, was a, a, there would be an end to the suffering at some point and I knew God was able to bring me through. And, you know, when I look back over the years, the pain was intense at times. And when I look back now to see how God has brought me through, <coughs> I just want to encourage you that if you're going through a, a difficult time, God will bring you through that time and you will be able to look back at some point to see that God has brought you through. Sorry, everybody, I've had this dry cough. And I love also that it says here that the God of all grace will himself. And, you know, and I just thought that's the God of all grace, not the God of a little bit of grace. But whenever we need God's grace, no matter what the situation, it says the God of all grace will be there for us, that he has an inexhaustible supply of grace for us. And when you think about that, no matter what you're going through, when you're tired and... I was working full-time. I had two boys, um, you know, running a house, everything that that entailed. And I think in the early days when you're dealing with a lot of the emotional stress and pain and anxiety, it's very, very exhausting. And I would not have been able to get through what I had without God's grace and his faithfulness to me. And grace is the unmerited and undeserving favour of God. And that's what he gave me. It was unmerited and undeserving, yet he had all the grace that I needed to be able to walk the journey that was before me. And it says that he called us to his eternal glory. And sometimes I think we need to have that eternal perspective on life. Sometimes we are so consumed with what's happening here Yet when you look at our life and our situation, it's really a drop in the bucket compared to the time we're going to spend in eternity. And when we start to look at our problems and our situation from an eternal viewpoint, it can often change our perspective. And I found that that was the case as well. You know, and I love that it says that he himself. And I thought, how incredible is this scripture? And that's what I had held on to because I wanted God to do uh, bring, bring wholeness and health back into my life. I wanted to be restored. I didn't want to be broken. I didn't want to be filled with grief and pain and hurt. I wanted to come through to the other side so that I would be a trophy of God's grace and also be able to help others that have gone through a similar situation. But when that scripture said that he himself, and I thought, he's God, my personal God. He knows me. He chose me. He knows where I'm at. He knows that I'm broken. Yet he himself, my heavenly father, is going to restore, confirm, strengthen and establish me. And I love that, that it says here that he's going to restore me. And that's what he's done. It means that he's going to make us whole again. And I think that is so precious that only God can do that. We can do a lot of things that we can help help ourselves, which is still important, but it's only God that can truly make us whole again. It says and he wants to confirm us. He wants to establish the truth or correctness of his word in our lives. He wants us to understand like we've been talking about today. Confirm us, understand of the truth of how he sees us, not how other people see us and treat us, but how he sees us. 
And then it says he wants to strengthen us. And we've talked about how that incredible strength that is available to us um, is from God. And he wants to be able to strengthen us so that we can come through to the other side. He wants us to come through. He doesn't want us to sit and stay in that place of grief, loss, pain, rejection and hurt. He wants to bring us right through and he can do that through his strength. And then it says he wants to establish us. And it's, what that actually means is to put us in a position that will last a long time or place you on a firm foundation. And that is what he has done. And in my life, and I'm testimony to God's grace and his love and his mercy. I'm not perfect and there's still areas that God is working on and he will still continue to do that until I go home to be with him. But I want to bring encouragement to you today that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, or no matter what you will go through, God can bring healing, wholeness, restoration, and he can bring you through to the other side. Would you stand with me tonight? There's probably so much of my story that I can share, but I think with what I've shared tonight, you get the picture that um, my God is faithful. And it's not, I don't want anyone to ever leave here and think, oh, poor Lindy, you know, she had a tough time and sure I did. But that's not the story that I want you to go home with. I want you to go home with a story that your God is faithful. Your God cares about you. And do you know what? He cares about your kids even more than you do. He cares about your family. He cares about your future. He cares about everything about you. And I just love the opportunity to pray. Perhaps perhaps tonight, if you don't know Jesus, and we talked about this earlier today, but if you don't know Jesus and you don't really have a real relationship with him, you don't really know and understand what it's like to have Jesus in your life who is your God, your saviour and your best friend. Just while every head is bowed and every eyes are closed, I'm going to give opportunity tonight if you would like to receive Jesus as your personal saviour, if you would like to say, Lindy, you know, I need that Jesus in my life. I can see the difference he's made in yours and I want that. If you have never asked Jesus into your life and you would like to do that tonight just raise your hand wherever you are and I would love to pray with you this is a personal decision between you and God and it's the most incredible decision you can ever make and majority of people in this room would agree with me is there anybody here that would like to give their life to Jesus tonight just raise your hand see that hand thank you Jesus thank you Jesus well perhaps you're here tonight and you're really hurting perhaps you're here tonight and something that I've said may have just touched something in your heart and you were just Lindy I just need the healing presence of Jesus tonight India, there's been stuff that has happened to me over the years that I've never really, really even ever had proper healing for. 
And like I said, tonight we would love to pray for you, but perhaps sometimes you may need to go to seek counselling or have a chat with Pauline if you're struggling with an area. But I believe God wants to bring you through. He doesn't want you to stay in that place of pain and hurt and rejection, but he wants to come and he wants to touch you and start that process tonight. Or perhaps there's an area of forgiveness that perhaps there's an area that you need to come before God and say, God, I need to forgive this person. And there's something that is so releasing when you forgive somebody. And you know what? You can't do it yourself. You can't do it in your own strength. The only way that you can truly forgive somebody is when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and help you. And he helps you outwalk that forgiveness as you make that choice to forgive. As the, as the worship team just sing, if you feel that you would like to respond tonight, you just come to the front. And I would love to, and Pauline and the team would love to pray for you. going to come down and if you like prayer whatever that reason may be you just come to the front and let's just believe that God will just touch you tonight right where you're at